Atlanta News First investigates the largest investigative team in Georgia, holding the powerful accountable and fighting for you. Now, in this series of podcasts, we take you behind the scenes of our most recent investigations. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. And welcome to Behind the Investigation. I'm Chief Investigator Brendan Keefe with Atlanta News First Investigates, joined by Investigator Andy Parati. It's good to have you here, Andy. Thanks for having me. And today we're talking about a story, Failure to Treat. This is another story in a long line you have done in your career where you are really giving voice to the voiceless. Tell us about it. So this involves a man named Brady Allen that for a lot of people should never have died. He was arrested for a very minor crime, a misdemeanor, criminal trespassing. He goes to the Cobb County Detention Center. Within 24 hours, he died. His family claims he was having a mental health emergency, and the medical staff there ignored him. All right, let's take a look. You live here? No, what? From the moment Cobb County police made contact with Brady Allen, they suspected he was suffering a mental health crisis. Whose house is this? Am I losing him? He's completely out of it. He has no clue where he's at or anything right now. Arrested in May 2021 for criminal trespassing, a misdemeanor. There must be a lot of damage to my brain. I'm sorry, sir. Brady tells the officers he was just released from the hospital. Body camera video shows the 41-year-old had multiple bottles of antipsychotic medicine with him at the time. When he arrived at the Cobb County Detention Center, the arresting officer told jail staff Brady needed medical help, writing in this screening document that Brady's hearing voices, seeing visions, admitted to using meth and heroin within the past 72 hours, injured his head, had flu-like symptoms, and appeared confused and disoriented. Security camera video shows this jail medic spoke with Brady just 2 minutes 47 seconds, His blood pressure, temperature, and heart rate never checked. The medic claims he doesn't remember seeing Brady's screening document listing of his potential medical issues. Do you not think that it would have been important to look at the sheet that would have described exactly what was wrong with him? Yes, sir, I do. Okay. But you definitely didn't look at this sheet. I don't recall looking at that sheet. The investigator doesn't believe him. The the problem is going to be this, okay? I watched video of you for hours. They're going to see you looking at a piece of paper in the salad board. So what piece of paper were you looking at at that time? I honestly don't recall. Throughout the night, Brady appears more agitated and then starts pulling out his own hair. Look at how much hair Brady had when he entered the cell. Now, look at him hours later. It's all over his cell floor. They knew that this man had a problem. He was in pain, and it was obvious, and they ignored it. Karen and Scott Allen are Brady's parents. They say their son did suffer from a substance abuse problem. He'd been arrested before. But this time, he was on his way to recovery when he relapsed. Two weeks before his arrest, Brady posted this on Facebook, writing, This is how I feel after a half a decade of recovery. If I can do it, anyone can. Because Brady told us if I ever go back to that jail again, they're going to kill me. They kill people in that jail. Why would Brady say that? Since 2021, eight people detained at the jail have died. None of its staff ever charged with the crime. 
The jail's medical staff never took Brady to the infirmary, never sent him to the hospital. The only time staff entered his cell is when Brady broke the fire alarm. Brady tried to escape. Deputies tackled him, shooting him multiple times with a pepper ball gun, twice with a taser. Within minutes, he stopped breathing. Go blue intake. Go blue. Cause of death, according to the medical examiner, sudden death associated with acute methamphetamine intoxication and law enforcement subdual. As a father looking at that video, what was that like? It was hell. Um, it's very difficult to watch your son go through uh, a nightmare. Craig Owens is the Cobb County Sheriff responsible for operating the jail. He watched the video of Brady in his cell. When you look at that, do you think he's having a mental health crisis? Not being a 100% trained in medical thing, I can't answer that correctly. I mean, I can't remember ever seeing someone pull out their hair and being okay mentally. Yeah. But again, I didn't see him pull out his hair. We just saw the hair on the ground. So I, I didn't see that. You believe that the medical care he received was adequate? Right. I, as again, I stated earlier, I am not a trained medical uh, professional. I can only go off with the people we put in those places and pay to do that job. Tell us. But you also have eyes and ears and you know what's in that internal affairs investigation and what medical staff did and did not do. Yeah. And that's the reason I say we make changes after things occur that we didn't know that, you know, in the beginning. Attorney Timothy Gardner represents Brady's parents. He believes deputies and the medical staff share the blame. It's their job to work together. And so we don't believe that the policies that were in place were followed. You picked up a man on the street for trespassing. And in less than 24 hours, he's dead in your jail. Something's wrong with the system and it needs to be fixed. You know, Andy, to see and hear that father yeah. talking about, you know, a trespassing charge yeah. and then his son is dead within 24 hours. What was it when you first heard this story that motivated you to dig deeper to find out if there was a systemic or institutional failure? So I heard about his death right when it happened in 2021. And someone told me that the circumstances were a little abnormal. And because I had done so many stories previously on treatment of detainees, I knew something was up. I knew the potential that this would be something significant. So I reached out to the family. Um, we spoke. I said, hey, it's going to take a while for an investigation to happen. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation was the investigating body. And I knew an internal affairs investigation was going to happen. I said, let's not uh, do a story quite yet. Let's wait for these investigations to end because I think it's going to shed light on some important things that happened to your son. And I'm glad we did. There were several points of failure. To you, to you what were the biggest points of failure and how can we fix it? You know, I think the number one failure is that this man should never even been uh, sent to the jail. I mean, he had a clear medical issue. The officers knew it. They told jail staff, even in an internal affairs investigation, they did with a nurse that we didn't include to the, in the story. She says he probably shouldn't have even come here. So that's the first failure. The second failure is that medic not doing, even checking his vitals, very 
easy things to do. They could have checked his heart rate, seeing that maybe potentially it was higher than normal. His blood pressure potentially may have been uh, bad at that time. So just doing simple little things to begin with could have caught early that this guy was not well. And how to fix this? It's a glacial issue, right? Like, how do you compel, how do you address poverty? How do you address, um, you know, drug addiction? I don't know if you could, you can do that. I don't know if it's the sheriff's job to do that, but they certainly are dealing with that population. And it's enormous, an enormous struggle, and, and it's a very complicated issue. You know, you might not say this, but I can. This particular sheriff may not even be in office if it wasn't for a previous investigation mm-hmm. you did on the same sheriff's office where the previous sheriff was not reelected after deaths under his watch. Yeah, so we have done, I have done previous investigations where the sheriff essentially was under uh, a lot of scrutiny for the treatment of detainees, so much so that when we requested some uh, documentation, he refused. Uh, I sued the sheriff, got the records, and showed some more mistreatment. So this this uh, new sheriff ran saying that we're going to treat folks better. And mm-hmm. he's put in place some new changes in the jail. Um, he says they're working. Time will tell. You know, you're, you're always so... Um uh, you're, you're afraid to toot your own horn, but you actually took this all the way to the state Supreme Court before, right? I mean, this this case, I mean, the, the only reason I bring that up is that now here we are with essentially a clean slate, and this sheriff isn't saying what is clearly visible with his own eyes. He says, I don't see him pulling his hair out. Everyone who watched your story saw him pulling his hair out. Yeah, and I think what he's alluding to is that his deputies claim that they did not see him pulling out because his own hair. Because they don't hair. monitor that camera. They don't monitor yeah. the camera. And then there's – this seems so simple, but this could have literally been the difference between uh, properly observing him and not. But there is tinted windows that go up about halfway. You can't see it in the video. But a deputy who says she was short says – She literally couldn't even see inside. She saw just enough Mm. to see him moving around. But if that tinted glass was not there, potentially she could have seen the guy pulling out his hair and he did it for hours. Um, It's it's, it's such it's so heartbreaking. But the the line in terms of getting some intervention wasn't crossed until he was damaging the fire alarm. In other words, and I don't mean to be so cold about it, but a fire alarm uh, that belonged to the taxpayers was more valuable than this man's life, at least in so much as the priority they gave his treatment. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why they went into that cell. I want to point out, too, that. Um, this case was taken to a grand jury in DeKalb County. The grand jury declined to indict anyone involved in uh, this man's death. An internal affairs investigation looked into, investigated. They found none of the jail employees um, violated any policies. We reached out to WellPath, the medical contractor for the, sh- uh, for the, uh, the jail, and they did not uh, respond to our comment. And the civil suit is pending, right? It hasn't been filed yet. It's forthcoming, but it's going to be very, very soon. And not to get into a legal class, but the standard of proof for a civil case is a lot lower than a criminal one. It's preponderance of the evidence instead of beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, and it's very difficult to prove uh, that. And it's, it's also mm-hmm. very difficult to sue the sheriff. Um, most likely, they'll be suing both the uh, medical provider and, and the sheriff. And there, right now, yeah. there is a pending lawsuit against the sheriff's office involving an inmate named Cavell Wingo, who repeatedly uh, begged for help. He ultimately died of just a perforated ulcer. Um, they settled with the former medical provider, but that lawsuit against the county, which involved a different sheriff, is still pending. 
and these men, you know, they're gone forever. Yep. There's no compensating that if someone's found to be at fault. Right. Andy, thanks so much mm-hmm. for your investigation. We appreciate it. We appreciate everyone at home uh, or on your mobile device watching Behind the Investigation. I'm Chief Investigator Brennan Keith. We'll see you next time.